This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the IAHE Informer Podcast. Your host is Tara Bentley, veteran homeschool mom and managing editor for The Informer magazine. The Informer is a ministry of the Indiana Association of Home Educators. For over 30 years, the IAHE has been the voice of Indiana homeschool families. The foundational purpose of the IAHE is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ by supporting and encouraging Indiana's home educators. Our mission is to encourage, protect, and serve by keeping you informed about the news and subjects that really matter. We'll cover important topics including educational opportunities, legislative issues, and finding support and encouragement. We'll also bring you interviews with our very special guests, including nationally recognized convention speakers, as well as showcasing local Indiana parents and homeschool alumni. Join us as we explore topics relevant to IAHE families all year long. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the Informer Podcast, and I'm your host, Tara Bentley. Today's show is a little bit different. Last August, I was invited to speak at a support group's kickoff event for families as they were beginning their school year. And some of you may remember that our personal homeschool years as a family are officially over now that our youngest daughter has graduated from high school. And I was invited to speak by close friends that we had known for years, and you'll actually even hear me call them out by name in this talk a little bit at the beginning. They asked that I share a little bit about what we've learned over the years now that we had reached the final steps in our homeschool journey. And my goal for the evening really was just to encourage moms and remind them that God created us each as individuals. As homeschool moms, we do not have to look alike or school our children in the same ways but that we can still come together and learn from each other along the way, even in our differences. Too often I've seen moms isolate themselves based on the belief that somehow they are lacking. It becomes far too easy to look at the person next to us and assume that somehow she's better than we are. And we listen to our fears instead of focusing on what God has called us to with our children. So I'm glad that you're with us today and that you are taking some time for yourself. Perhaps you are curled up in a warm spot at home, taking the time to listen with your favorite drink. And I pray that you find a moment to laugh along with us. But more importantly, I pray that if you are carrying around burdens of false expectations for yourself, that you are able to put those down and focus solely on what God has called you to with your children. And if you are blessed by something that you hear in today's podcast, I encourage you to reach out and let me know. You can email me at any time or leave a comment on our website. So without any further introduction, let's get started with today's podcast. Thank you for inviting me and having me. Thank you to the Mayhills who um, Cameron said, I think you have something to say. And I kind of doubted him. I didn't really know if I had anything to say. We just finished um, 13 years of homeschooling, and I am officially done. Um, These are my two girls. Um, On the left is Lexi, who is with me, and she graduated a couple months ago, back in June. And on the right is my oldest, who got married last fall. Um, She's 25, and so I got one married, got one, the other one graduated, and I'm done. Um, 13 years. Um, I got an email from someone who was reaching out to me. I'm also the managing editor for The Informer. 
and she had some questions for me, and she said, oh yeah, we homeschooled, um, or 31 years. 31, it took her 31 years. Not that it took her 31 years. She had more kids than I did, and so it took her a little bit longer, I guess, to finish them. I feel like 13 years is a really, really long time, um, but compared to a lot of people, that's kind of a blip um, on the radar. But I've learned a lot in 13 years, and so when Cameron said, well, what would you speak on? I said, I have no idea. <laughs> but why don't you just title it, 13 Things I Wish I Had Known? And I will kind of end up and give you a little bit of a list of 13 things, but it's not a magic list. So it's really not the focus of what I want to share with you. For 13 years, like I said, um, we finished, and I'm glad to be done. We had a big year. Um, in that time, I've worked a lot of homeschool conventions. Um, I have worked conventions for the past seven years across seven different states for different um, homeschool companies that we love. Um, so it's given me a special um, viewpoint of what homeschooling is like across the country. Um, and we have it pretty good here in Indiana. I've been a homeschool blogger for a lot of that time. I've reviewed a lot of homeschool curriculum, um, and it has fed my need as a curriculum junkie. So many of you know what I'm talking about. Um, perhaps I've used more curriculum than all of you combined. Um, and you may not believe that, but I have the stacks of books um, in my schoolroom to prove it. And Lexi will tell you that because she can't find her floor many days. In those 13 years, I've been in leadership for 12. And that is, uh, I guess that's another issue. I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. But um, support your leaders, support your support group leaders. And someday when they have a need, um, step up and help them out. And I've been involved with the IAHE for the past four or five years. And then this summer, I actually started working for Hedgewa. Many of you may be familiar with Home Educating Family Magazine, um, the national magazine, so I work with them as well. And I'm not telling you my resume, my homeschool resume, because I think I'm an expert. I think that all of those things did not make me an expert. I think they made me tired. <laughs> and because I'm tired, I don't really have a lot of energy to pretend that we had a perfect homeschool, because we certainly didn't. Um, we made a lot of mistakes along the way, and so a lot of the things that I want to share with you are based on pieces of advice that did work for us, and also just other little things that I wish we had done, and the things that I wish we had done better. Like I said, we did not have a perfect homeschool by any stretch of the imagination, but I want you to know that you don't have to have a perfect homeschool either, and you can make a lot of mistakes along the way, and it'll be okay, and you'll survive, and you'll graduate your kids, and they'll go on to do great things. Um, to take you back to the beginning of our homeschool journey, um, my two girls are seven years apart, and so when our oldest was five, and it was time to send her off to kindergarten, it never occurred to me to do anything any differently than to walk into the public school system and enroll her and send her off. I wasn't quite the helicopter parent, but I hung out a lot and I volunteered a lot. And I just thought that's what we were supposed to do. I didn't know anyone who homeschooled. Eventually I had a girlfriend that I grew up with who said she was gonna homeschool her children and I just kind of thought she was crazy. I, I, I didn't understand it. I didn't think that's what you were supposed to do. I thought you just sent your kid off. And it, it was okay. I mean, we, we did not really struggle until Cassie was in her sixth grade year. And really, there's a lot of things that went into that reason of why it was all, um, why we started looking at alternatives. But I'll, the bottom line is, it was really based on fear. We started hearing a lot of things about what was going on in our local middle school. And let's just say they were, it was bad behavior and just 
bad stuff going on in our middle school. And we, it was fear. It was fear-based. I wasn't going to send my kid um, into that public school. And so it didn't really start out of a place of conviction. I know that's where a lot of families start. But with us, it, it just wasn't that way. And we made the decision that we were going to homeschool for two years. Um, Lexi was still in preschool. She was still young. And I thought I was going to homeschool Cassie for seventh and eighth grade, and then I was just going to stick her back in the system. I, I thought that's, you know, I thought I was just avoiding this one little pitfall and give her back. And, and that was our plan. But we were, we were just so naive. <laughs> we were so naive about how deep the problems go within the public school system and, and really just naive about what a blessing it is to homeschool your kids um, and what that lifestyle could look like. And there was just so many blessings and challenges that came our way in those first couple years. Obviously, um, she never went back, and obviously we never looked back. There's a lot of things you don't understand in your first year of homeschooling. Um, you don't understand a lot about learning styles. You don't understand you know, who the big names are. You don't understand all these different styles and names, and people start throwing um, methodology at you. And it can be very confusing, and it can be very overwhelming. And it's a crash course. And if any of you have pulled your kids out of public school at a certain age, either middle school or high school, you are really feeling the pressure to learn all of that and to learn it very, very quickly. And so we did all that in the first couple years, and we had a lot of rough days. Really, really rough days. Um, and there was a lot of fighting, and there was a lot of tears, and some tears were Cassie's and some tears were mine, and some tears were even my husband's. <laughs> and Lexi kind of just sat there and learned her ABCs, and she got off easy, right? As homeschool moms, we take all those fears, and we don't share a lot of our bad days with the people around us because we convince ourselves that the person who's sitting next to us is doing it all right. They're doing it all, right? And I'm the only one who is failing here. We look at the mom next to us, and we think, wow, she is June Cleaver and Mother Teresa and Charlotte Mason all in this little cute package. And, and, and I don't have that. And so you just, we stay at home and we isolate ourselves and we just think they have it all together. And I'm telling you, you don't have to have your act together. You just, you just don't. You get to mess up and that's okay and you get to make bad choices. And you have to remember that June Cleaver wasn't real, right? Um, and Mother Teresa and Charlotte Mason never even had kids. <laughs> I just, <laughs> okay. So we can learn all that, and that's good. But we can't be them, and we don't have to be them, and we're not called to be them, okay? And don't put those things on the person next to you, because they're not those things either, okay? So over the years, like I said, our family has been blessed to work a lot of homeschool conventions. And in these big exhibit halls, um, we went into that thinking we were just going to sell curriculum and um, help out some companies that we really love, share some different curriculum. And we really, we, we did that. And we thought, well, that'll be fun. We'll work a weekend and we'll, you know, walk away with a little bit of a paycheck. And we've helped sell some books. But in the end, it really was a ministry for us and for our family. And we really learned that um, we were more counselors than salespeople. Because what happens is as these moms come into exhibit halls, they, some of them just want to talk about books, and they just want to know about a scope and sequence, and they just want to know about age level, and they want to know about this, and they want to know about that. 
but there's a lot of moms who come in and they want to talk and I guess there's something comforting in talking to a stranger in an exhibit hall. It's easier to talk to a stranger in an exhibit hall sometimes than it is a mom in your local support group because um, you don't want to fall apart in front of them. And so I've dealt with a lot of moms um, on the verge of tears who were very, very overwhelmed um, that if they picked the wrong book, their kid would never get into college that if they picked the wrong thing, their kid would just be um, destroyed and, and distraught, and they would just mess it all up. And, and they are falling apart in the hall. And they really just need to be told that it's okay. And really, that's when I give you this long list of 13 things, it's not because I want you to have a list of 13 things, it's because I want you to know that it's okay. And that as a mom, you are the best person for your child. You are the best one to homeschool your child. It doesn't matter what books you pick. You can mess up, and you are still the best person to school your child. So that is really what I want you to know, and I want you to know that it's okay, and to you have to close your eyes because it's easy to sit at home and look at all your ungraded papers, and maybe I'm the only one who has ungraded papers at home, right? Ungraded papers, and half-finished lesson plans, and just start to doubt that you can do it. But you, we're at home, and we're alone, and we're with our kids, and the kids are crying, and the dishes aren't done, right? And so we just isolate ourselves. And I just want to make sure to tell you, you know, just don't do that. You don't, don't focus on your own weakness and know that you can do it, and you are the best one. I've looked moms in their eyes who are just crying, and I've just had to reach across the table and hug them and say, you are the best one to do this. And sometimes, you know, you just have to do that to the person next to you. Because when you ask the person next to you, how are you? And they say, okay, 90% of the time they don't mean it. <laughs> right? I mean, how many, I mean, that's what we do. That's what moms do. Okay, so my 13 list of things um, aren't perfect. And these are not a list of do's and don'ts. And they're not a magic list. So don't look at my list of 13 and say, oh, I've got to do all that or do all that and be all that. These are just 13 things that we learned along the way, and I hope that some of these things help you, and we'll go from there. So, number one, homeschool does not equal school at home. When we first started homeschooling, I thought that's what I had to do, right? Because my kid had come home from the public school, and she had five subjects a day, so we had to do five subjects a day, and we had to rotate every 45 minutes, and you had to put this book away and then grab the next one, right? And then, oh, it's 45 minutes, you gotta put that book away, and we gotta grab the next one, and we gotta move on. And you just, just don't do that. If you're new to homeschooling, understand this, that the public school day is not your model. Don't try to mimic it. Um, English and history easily overlap. Science and home economics easily overlap. Um, a lot of our subjects overlap, and if you want to spend all day doing history, do that. Take all day. Let go of these images of what goes on in the schoolhouse, and, you know, just let it go, right? Okay, so let that go. Number two, if you are going to homeschool, use curriculum written by homeschoolers for homeschoolers. Okay, so uh, when my oldest came home from the public school and I went to our first convention, I went through the exhibit hall, um, I was kind of a book snob. I thought that I knew what a book had to look like because it had to look like what she had in public school, right? It had to be nice and shiny, and it had to have a nice hardback cover, and it had to have color pictures, and it had to look like what she had in the public school. 
And a lot of the things that are in our exhibit halls and in our catalogs weren't written for homeschool families. Okay, they were written for public schools, they were written for Christian schools, private schools, and they've been adapted by the homeschool community. And in a lot of ways, very effectively, right? But all of those materials are really designed for a teacher to stand up and lecture um, during the day. And when you buy curriculum that is written by homeschoolers for homeschoolers, there's no presumption of knowledge. There's no presumption that a parent is standing up there with a degree or that a teacher's there ready to give a lecture and add to it. So as much as possible, if you pick curriculum written by homeschoolers for homeschoolers, a lot of that work has been done for you because the book is designed to teach for you, right? They, it's written for you versus being adapted for you. Okay, number three, this is me. Um, some days the toughest question my family would ask me is, what's for dinner? Maybe that's not you, <laughs> but that is totally me. I'm a complete failure when it comes to meal planning, and I don't know where God hid that gift in the brain, but that piece of my brain does not work, and I'd rather teach Shakespeare five days a week than plan a meal five days a week. I just think that's absurd. We shouldn't have to do that. Okay, but, and this is confession time, and this is where, when I said it's easier to talk to strangers, because I wouldn't just say this to all my local friends at home, I can't tell you the number of times that my family runs out of toilet paper. It's a constant struggle we have always <laughs> dealt with, and that's just the way it goes. And it's 13 years later, and I, why didn't I assign that to my kid? I don't know why I didn't assign that to my kid. I'm trying now. But if you've conquered physics and pride and prejudice, but there's no dinner on your table, you're probably living at my house. I'm just saying. That, but so don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, this is, this is one of those lessons I did not learn. Do not lose sight of real life in the midst of academics. Real life is what's more important. Number four, hope I don't get myself in trouble. It's okay to attend a homeschool picnic and bring McDonald's takeout while sitting next to someone eating a sandwich on homemade bread with vegetables from their garden in a lunch bag they quilted by themselves, <laughs> drinking milk from their own goat herd. <laughs> I can't tell you the number of times I stayed home. I stayed home. Because I didn't have any toilet paper, did you really think I had food to make my kids a sandwich to take to the picnic? And so <laughs> we didn't go. We didn't go. And eventually I had to just set my pride aside and go to McDonald's. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with homemade bread. If that's, what, if that's your gifting, you do that. And I understand there's a lot wrong with the McDonald's lunch. <laughs> but, but sometimes... Sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta do what you gotta do um, and, and grab that McDonald's lunch and go ahead and go. Because I was so afraid of being judged by the other people that I was the one doing the judging. Right? I, I was looking at them far more than they were looking at me. They could care less what I brought to that picnic. So don't isolate yourself because you think you have to be like the person next to you. Number five, if you are going to homeschool, stay home. Okay. I heard this probably the first or second year that we were homeschooling. Um, someone said it at the, at the homeschool convention. If any of you ever heard Mary Carney speak, and I just kind of turned my nose up at what she said. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of crazy. But some of you ladies, wonderful ladies, I was in the restroom earlier and I heard you. <laughs> You're out four or five days a week, right? 
And we're doing all of these wonderful, 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 wonderful things for our kids. I mean, they're great, um, but our lives are busy. Our lives are busy enough, and we bring a lot of it, and we put it on ourselves because we can do speech and debate and choir and band and co-op and soccer and volleyball and football, right? And we think we have to do it all at the same time. We're so busy fighting this unsocialized homeschooler myth that we overfill our calendars. So when we fill our lives too full with good things, sometimes we miss the best things. Okay? All right. Number six. This is not original to me either. This comes from Andrew Pudua, or as I like to call him, the great Pudua. Read aloud to your kids, even when they are old enough to read it for themselves. Um, this is a huge regret of mine is that we did not spend more time just reading, just sitting around and reading really, really good books. It, it's so easy in our culture today to look around and know how much uh, media affects us, how much it affects our language. Um, if you have ever said to your kids, good night, John boy, and that's not their name. If you have ever turned to the person next to you and just said yada, yada, yada. If you have ever, if you've ever asked yourself or someone around you, what does the fox say? You know what I'm talking about, and you don't even have to have seen the show. You don't have to have seen any of the shows. You don't even have to have seen the video, but you know these things because they impact us. They impact our culture. They impact our language. They impact who we are. And what if we spent um, more of that time with our families building our language and building our worldview with good books, with just good stories and good books, and we could discuss those things um, together as a family. And just what if you spent all that time curled up on the couch instead of doing worksheets? Number seven, homeschool is a marathon and not a sprint. So many of us, we look like we are sprinting. <laughs> We just think we have to go all out. We have something to prove to ourselves, and we have something to prove to the people around us, and sometimes we have something to prove to maybe family who don't support um, our decision to homeschool. But it's not a sprint, and it is a marathon. And I mentioned earlier on that when we pulled my daughter out of public school that we had originally decided we were going to do it for 7th and 8th grade. And I'm just so grateful that God put that on our hearts to do it for two years. I think it takes two years to to feel confident, um, to hit your stride, not to reach perfection. You will not reach perfection in two years. I didn't reach it in 13. I mean, maybe you will. But it takes time. And I think that within two years, what you really have is a long-term vision. You have a vision for your family and what you can do with homeschooling. So if you find that you're sprinting, if you look at the person next to you and she's wore out, it's because she's, she's sprinting too. And you have to pace yourself. It's a long-term vision. It's a long-term vision for your family and for your kids. Don't burn yourself out. Number eight, my children are different and they require different curriculums. Uh, seems pretty obvious, but like I said, my girls are seven years apart and I spent a lot of money in that exhibit hall for the oldest child thinking, well, if I didn't use it with her, I'll just use it with this one. And I filled my bookshelves 10 times over and I have enough to homeschool another 10 kids. Your kids are different and they're gonna have different learning styles. And so often I bought based on sometimes my learning style versus um, my kids' learning styles. And they were very different um, and they were drawn to different books um, and different styles. 
and I have to be, let's be clear, right? Because Lexi's sitting here and your kids are sitting here. They're not going to love everything you do. They're not going to love every subject. You're not going to be able to hit that sweet spot with every single thing that you choose. Because sometimes you just have to do it, right? And sometimes you just have to get through it. That's real life. But if you are looking at a couple of different choices, just make sure you're keeping in mind the individual learning style of that child um, as much as possible. Okay, number nine. It's okay if you don't finish the whole book. Again, this is really hard for me to say because I already gave her her diploma and I'm still making her do history. <laughs> and she's going to finish it because that's just the way it goes. But sometimes, sometimes you need a clean slate. And sometimes you just have to put the book aside and say, it's okay to just, we'll just, we just need to start fresh. We need to pick up something else or do whatever. You just don't always have to finish it. And that's okay. All right, number 10 and 11. I put these up here together. This is just really important, I think, to understand. And I don't think you really get this when you're first homeschooling. And that is that homeschool freedom was hard fought. And homeschool freedom is easily lost. We have it so good in Indiana. We have it great. But it, it just didn't happen that way. It's not that our Indiana elected officials are all just nice people and decide to leave us alone. It, it, no, it was hard fought. We have people who fought for us um, from the beginning. And the modern homeschool movement is 30 years old. And the IAG celebrated 30th anniversary last year. And HSLDA just celebrated the 30th anniversary. Several state organizations actually around the country did. But we have a lot of people who sacrificed a lot for us 30 years ago to make sure that we have the freedom um, that we have today. And like I said, it is not that way across the country. If you were in California, you'd have to have your books approved by the state. Uh, if you were in Florida or Tennessee, you'd have to be a part of an umbrella school. If you were in Ohio, you'd have to be doing standardized testing every year. You'd have to have or have your child evaluated um, by a certified teacher. We have it good. We have it good in Indiana. And we have people who work really hard with the IHE to make sure that it stays that way. If you don't know who IHE is, I guess I'll give you this commercial first. IHE is Indiana Association of Home Educators. It is your state organization, and it is the IAHE who monitors all of the bills in Indiana that could possibly go through to affect your rights to homeschool. It's the IAHE that is watching the bills during the legislative session, and all year long, we have volunteers who read bills all year long, um, but especially during the legislative session, and increasingly, every single session, there are attempts to legislate homeschooling. We have powerful lobbies that do not like the freedom that we have to homeschool. I'm sure you've seen Common Core in the news. As schools are fighting Common Core and different people are fighting Common Core, a lot of that language that kind of slips up in those bills, um, it has the potential to affect us um, as they've been pushing their agendas. And so we have people who work devoting hours of their time and volunteering, really, to watch all that legislation for you. Because a lot of that legislation does not come through in a very direct way. It can be very subtle. It can be a couple words um, thrown in a bill at the last minute. Um, and it's the IHE that watches over that. Because it really, it only takes a couple weeks. It would take a couple weeks for a bill to slip through in Indianapolis that would change your right to homeschool. And so I encourage you to support the IHE, stay on our mailing list, and make sure you're getting our emails. 
and make sure you're getting our free magazine. And if you really want to support us, of course, you can prayerfully um, consider donating. Okay, number 12. This is kind of this along the same lines, but I think you have to understand this as well. Homeschooling is not a school choice issue. It's a parental rights issue. And as school choice has become one of those buzzwords lately, people, they, they'll throw homeschool language in there and they'll say they're fighting for homeschoolers, but that's not really... That's not really our issue. School choice is really more about families who want to stay connected to the system and maybe they want to move to a charter school or they want to take some of their taxpayer dollars and move it to go to a private school, but they want to stay inside the system and they want to take their tax dollars with them. And really, you have to understand that to be completely free and to maintain our freedom, homeschooling has to be not only parent-led, but parent-funded. Because if we try to fight for our, for our tax dollars, which is really what school choice is about, then legislation follows. Um, and oversight will come into our homes if we bring that tax dollars back into our home with homeschooling. So really, it's a parent right issue. And, you know, as you see different things come up, it's about parent rights. You have the right to homeschool your children. And when you, I mean, all these different things that come about, it's about parent rights. It's not school choice. All right, the last one. Number 13, I told you where I started. And homeschooling out of fear, this is what I want you to know, can become um, homeschooling in faith. Some people do start homeschooling because they were convicted. I've had people, you know, they'll share their, share their stories. Our pastor's wife will say, she wouldn't date a guy who would not let her homeschool their kids. What? You knew that back then? I'd never even heard of homeschooling. She was convicted. God put that on her heart way back when. I, that, was, that wasn't us. And that's okay. And I think that for a lot of people, if you start for different reasons, it's okay. It doesn't matter. If you start in a place of fear, um, like we did, it can still become a faith issue 13 years later. And I've given you a lot of stuff about homeschool freedom. I've given you some stuff, right? Some words about homeschool curriculum. I've given you some stuff about um, homeschool life and what that should look like in your home. But this is really, really all I want you to know. This is really the main point. It's a faith issue. Um, that's really all it is, because in the end, it doesn't matter what books you have at home. It doesn't matter if you finish that worksheet or finish that book. It's really about doing what God called us to do in our family. And even if you didn't start there, it's really where, it's where we ended up. And I think that's the only way to be successful. That's the only way to really be a successful homeschool parent is to finally find that peace that it's faith in what God has called you to do in your home, regardless of what books you choose. And we don't all have to choose the same thing. Um, so it took us years. It took us a few years to catch this bigger vision of what homeschooling can be. And if you have families who come into your circle, um, they come into your homeschool group, and they're not there yet, that's okay. But reach out to them and give them some time to get there. Because sometimes I think we look at new homeschoolers and we think, well, they've got to understand all these things, because I do. I do, I understand all this now, because Tara told me. <laughs> okay, but you don't, have to, you don't have to get there at the same pace. And that's really the most important thing. Because um, too often we focus on the books and the transcripts and the daily piles of paperwork, um, but that's just not the point. It's not the point of homeschooling. 
it is about raising up our children to be who Christ um, has called them to be. And so when I woke up this morning, I kind of had my list of 13 things, and I woke up going, oh my gosh, I don't have a conclusion. <laughs> right? And I wouldn't let anyone else give a speech without a conclusion. And I thought, how am I going to wrap this up? Because I really just don't want people walking out of here with a laundry list, right? This is, like, this is like my dirty laundry list of all the things I did and didn't do right. And I just don't want you walking out of here with a list of 13 things. So as I sat down this morning to pray over what um, I'd be sharing with you, I opened up my devotional um, this morning, and today is August 4th. And I don't think I can top what Oswald Chambers wrote, so I'm going to let him finish um, kind of what, really wrap up what I wanted to say here. He says, the bravery of God in trusting us, sometimes in trusting us with our own children, right? You say, but he has been unwise to choose me because there is nothing in me. I am not of any value. But that is why he chose you. As long as you think there is something in you, he cannot choose you because you have ends of your own to serve. But if you let him bring you to the ends of your self-sufficiency, then he can choose you to go with him. Because it's not a question of our own equipment, but of our own poverty. Not of what we bring with us, but of what God puts into us. Not a question of natural virtues of strength, of character, knowledge, and experience. All that is of no avail in this matter. He's obviously much more <laughs> concise than I am because it took me 13 points. But it, it's not of us, right? It's not our books. It's not our tools. It's not what we bring to the table. It's what God's called us to do with our kids. And so you're not called to walk this road alone. You're not called to homeschool your children on your own. And don't shut yourself off from the other families um, in your circle because you're afraid to walk in with your McDonald's bag. Okay? <laughs> Get whatever, do whatever it takes and stay connected to the people around you. Um, but remember that you're doing what God has called you to do. And don't compare yourself to the person next to you because you're not called to be them either. And you're not called to raise their children. You're called to raise yours. And God will bless you with your efforts with all that he has required. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed our show and will join us next time for the IAHE Informer podcast. You can always find the latest shows on the web through Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network at ultimateradioshow.com. For more information about the Indiana Association of Home Educators, visit us on the web at iahe.net. You can also find the IAHE on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Until then, God bless. Thank you.